for those of you who might be newer to us and listening, unfortunately, a couple of the guys on this show are children and they won't eat eggplant because they're giant man babies. <laughs> I love oh, that. They are mi- gross. Missing it's out. the bastard parm. It's not. It's it's not. That would be turkey parm. It's the second best parm. <laughs> everybody pause. Please, everybody stop. This argument He's not is wrong. over. Gordo, pardon me. Turkey parm? You could parm anything. Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Bewitched. Bewitched went 254 episodes over eight seasons on ABC. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called I Darren Take This Witch Samantha, which originally aired September 17, 1964. To get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, the boys, Gordo, Ferg, Joe, and Nick. What's going on, guys? Hey, Woo, spooky season, bitches. Spooky dookie, baby. Welcome back to our third annual spooky month Halloween-tober thing where we do four episodes of Halloween or Supernatural-type shows. All throughout the month of October. We never officially uh, named it. So, um, but this is our third year running. It's actually, I think it's crazy to think that this is the third year we've been doing it. <laughs> that More yeah. than anything. Spooky. Yeah. Spooky. I have an aunt spooky. who thinks she's a lighthouse. It's spooky. <laughs> and I'll say this. Every year it gets more and more challenging to find four shows we can do. <laughs> well, I will say this. The IP on Bewitched is pretty bananas. If you look up the history of this show, like... There's so many like spinoffs, remakes. There's that terrible Will Ferrell movie from a few years back, oh, and yeah, they're even making right. a new animated show about it that was announced like two months ago. Like, there's Bewitched is for kind of forever going. That's wow. a stupid movie. For the movies about the pilot episode, I didn't even realize that the movie is like the show existed, the original show existed, but so they're rebooting it. But the new Samantha just happens to actually be a witch. <laughs> It's what a coincidence. Really... But the pilot episode... Oh, so they're recording a so pilot episode. They're not the, remaking the original pi- pilot they're, episode. They're remaking the pilot that we covered. Oh, that we're, that, that we're about to cover, I mean. Well, now I feel like I have to watch the stupid fucking movie, and I didn't you want don't. to. You <laughs> now I'm, like, really curious. Look, I, I love, love Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah. It's I was going to say, I love Will Ferrell. This is what happened to me, too. We were watching... We were at a bar, and they were playing that, like, the girl from... Stranger Things is Sherlock Holmes movie or something like on mute in the background, like Enola Jones or whatever it's called or Enola yeah. Holmes. And we were like, you know, what we never saw that Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, Sherlock Holmes movie. I know what we're doing as soon as we get home. And I've never been more mad at spending four dollars in my entire life than having. To Why watch do you spend money on Sherlock these Holmes things? Movie. Why? Because I wanted to money? see it. I you know, can... but there's. <laughs> There's other ways. ways Joe. <laughs> I don't like to steal from people who make. Okay, do you feel better about buying that piece of garbage now? No, I feel very mad, but they deserved <laughs> the four dollars. I'm glad I didn't spend like seventeen to see it in the theater. That would have been a riot scenario. The only thing good about the Bewitched movie is um, Steve Carell plays Uncle Arthur. <laughs> 
I guess that is true. Yeah, and Uncle Arthur, who's he's Paul Linden, bewitched the show, right? Yeah. Guess I'm the secret square. <laughs> I don't think that's the first Paul Lind impression we've had in the history of the show, weirdly. And we've never covered a Paul Lind sitcom. He also sounds like the creepy guy from uh, Family, guy. Family Guy, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. it's It almost feels silly to ask, but has anyone here not watched Bewitched? No. I've, you know no. what, though? Uh, not only did I, I... I've seen this show, I've seen a lot of it on Nick at Night, but I oddly remembered a lot from this episode and i don't i didn't really remember seeing this episode specifically but i ended up remembered remembering a lot of it as i say this episode felt new like to me and like i didn't really remember a lot about it i, I had watched bewitched a million times because like nick at night and stuff bewitched be wednesday a... yep yeah bewitched be wednesday yep that was the worst one i liked taxi tuesday no, dragnet friday hotter friday no remember the original one was Dragnet. Friday. They would change it every summer. Welcome, uh, welcome back, Cotter was definitely one. What was um, uh, Chico and the Man was on one night for one summer. I don't remember that ever being in the lineup. Me too. It definitely was because there's no other way I would be able to watch like every episode of Chico and the Man before digital. You know, Monster Mondays, Lucy Tuesdays, Tuesdays Bewitched Bewitch, Be Wednesdays. I dream of Genie Thursdays, which I don't think had well, anything. That was bad of. too. And then yeah. Welcome Back, Cotter Friday. No, because you just said, "Oh, okay." Told you it was Cotter Friday. Yeah, really? Monster Monday, Lucy I Tuesday. I Dragnet. They've changed the lineup. <laughs> it hasn't been. The, it wasn't always the same. They did change it over time. I thought the the Dragnet was the one that they changed. But then again, I remember it's a Friday the night. first year I ever saw it. It wasn't Monster Monday. It was Mary Monday and Mary Tyler Moore. Ah, that's right. right. That's Are you sure right. it wasn't Chico in the Monday? <laughs> 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 With that lazy son of a bitch, Grandpa Joe. Fuck Grandpa Joe, piece of shit. We've talked about that on here before, but it is one of my favorite, like, of the dumb internet things, that is one of my favorite, when the world just turned on that guy. Him and his fucking cabbage water not getting a job ass. <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing I want to talk about this episode real quick before we get into it, though, was this surprise? So I've seen Bewitched, obviously, a million times, too. I don't remember a lot of everything from this episode, but I certainly don't remember a sitcom from 1964 being this fucking horny. This is the horniest early '60s sitcom I think I've ever seen. It is constant. It is jokes strange about for the time. Trying to get sex and yeah, they had sex last night and he didn't clean up the kitchen fast enough. Like all this stuff is like surprising coming from a few years before that. They were like, you can't even show a couple having the same bed. I didn't think it yeah. was that horny. It was more. I would say. I guess like the way Joe says it makes it sound more right? explicit. But I know what he means in that. If you look at like the general where sitcoms were at that point in time, and like you remember like going back as far as like the Dick Van Dyke show, yeah. where they couldn't they couldn't share a bed because that was inappropriate. Like what it was year was required. Dick Van Dyke though? Wasn't was too far before this, I think. Well, we had don't forget we had I Love Lucy fucking breaking down the barriers. They she got pregnant and had a baby. So the Dick yeah, Van but Dyke they were show, real like, no, but but. 66. Love, still, they after, didn't do stuff like yeah, that. No, 61. No, no, no. But with I Love Lucy, oh, final episode. and Desi Arnaz yeah. were really married IRL, so I feel like... That doesn't that matter. That, it, no, it like, because it does, it, because in the It was their baby in real life. I think it changes baby. things, yeah. It's, but it yeah. wasn't their real she baby. Was, that wasn't Desi Yes, it Jr. was. Yes, it was. We played Little Ricky the whole time? Yes. The whole time, he was... That's their son. That's Desi Jr., 
That doesn't like change, like, now. all right, so, yeah, but the people who are deciding this are, like, standards and practices on television, like, networks. It's not like a but, priest is approving it. No, it's no, not. but because, no, but because they were a real couple, I feel like they got to get away with a lot more because... But they also not, didn't do anything very racy. But they, they, they shared a bed. No, they, they didn't. Yes, they did. They no, they didn't. They had they, beds next to each other. They had they. separate beds. Well, they Lucy? had to at least push them together one yes. night. Trust, I've been watching a lot of I Love Lucy lately. Really? Um, I don't yeah, they are that. separate beds. Nick Rick Rick Ricardo just shoots across the room. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Not Open like, up, baby! <laughs> not to get too far Ricky into those wah. shows. Because we will cover those shows in the future. We did not get too far ahead. You know why but, this yeah. show is so horny, though? It's because Dick York is just so handsome. Yeah, he is. He's a handsome man. He looks kind of weird. I think he's super creepy looking. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. I was getting angry that they thought they could replace him with Dick Sargent. Well, they they had to, though. I mean, he was really sick. There was a lot behind that. And well, that's because he went to play JR. No, so what really... Dick York had a really... Yes, a really... Bonanza. He left for Bonanza, right? J.R. Ewing is not Bonanza. J.R. Ewing is Dallas. And he wasn't on Bonanza. (laughs) He wasn't on Bonanza. (laughs) Are you having a stroke? What the fuck are you talking about? So they get Gordon the smelling salts. I want to make sure he's okay. (laughs) Wasn't he J? Wasn't there a sitcom that's, or is it I Dream of Genie? Definitely not a sitcom. Gordo, hold on. The guy from I Dream of Genie? Stop. Drink some water. <laughs> Let's go over a few things. JR is from Dallas. Dick York's not on that. Okay. Okay. Bonanza. Dick York's not on that. Now you just randomly blurted out I Dream a Genie. Dick York is also not in that. <laughs> so. But Dick Sargent was, right? It's Larry Hagman from I Dream of Genie who plays J.R. Ewing. Okay. So, All right, so there is a connection to what Gordon there is was saying. A so, so no, apparently... there isn't, because he added a show at the end to make yeah, a connection that he... had nothing to do with anything. I can Gordo's see mind... where the synapses were trying to fire. Dick York left Bewitched so the guy from I Dream a Genie could go on to do something else. Correct. Okay. okay. All right. So that he could make a show called Dallas 15 years later. Dick York got in an accident uh, filming something, like, prior to this, and he had, like, a, um, I think it was a back injury. And basically, that back injury and through all the pain, he developed substance and alcohol problems. But a combo of the two, like his physical ailments mixed with that, got him to a point where he could no longer work on the show. Yeah, he was bedridden for almost two years. He was like just out of it. And that's why they changed it. To and that, that accident was... happened before Bewitched even? Before Bewitched even started. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. So substances. Like, he was on painkillers from that, and he just got addicted. It was kind of a combo of the two, but, like, the injury became so bad that he just physically couldn't get through episodes. And there'd be a lot of times where they'd have him sit sit down in scenes or cut around it. Or they'd have um, Darren-less episodes where he wasn't, like, in it, or they like, figure a way to, like, kind of splice him in a scene. So it was getting yeah, tricky I remember episodes them. where he'd be, like, on a, a work trip. He yeah. like, yeah. on a work yeah. trip, and they could write him out. And they would do things like, and then when this happened and the switch to, you know, Dick Sargent, there was, like, this backlash that happened. But it's like, if you understood what was really going on, like, what were their options? It was either <laughs> they they just go on with a new person or they have to end the show because there's really no road at which he could have stayed on. But also he was for as great. as this is, I don't know if this show would have survived a divorce subplot. <laughs> it would have been weird. Um, you know what? Yeah, he and Dora a, kill him. <laughs> it made me think that like that movie and I didn't see the movie so it doesn't really like I can't like speak out of turn too much because I don't 
remember like how it plotted. I know he's not playing Darren proper. It's not like a remake remake. But they did get what was Nicole Kidman, right? Yep. Who gives off a similar vibe. And I think the the Darren character probably should have been Jim Carrey. I think he actually would have did a really good job in that role. Wait, had, who like, did Nicole Kidman effect. play? Samantha. Samantha. Wow, so she, didn't she just play Lucy recently? Oh, that yeah. movie? Did she? Wow, I don't she watch did, like just this year. Don't watch yeah. that movie if you don't want uh, their relationship ruined forever. Well, I don't think anybody thought that their relationship was fucking sunshine. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, again, I don't want to talk <laughs> yeah. too much about I Love Lucy, but they notoriously <laughs> had a very bad falling out at the end. Yeah. I and imagine you know, we'll have to cover Lucy at some point. Yeah, yeah. I was going to fucking Lucy get shows. <clears throat> But that's crazy that she has played Samantha Stevens and Lucille Ball, which is pretty wild. But who was she on Dallas? <laughs> she, she also played JR. JR. Yeah, she played She's JR the one well. that shot JR. <laughs> but she was Jim Ross, not not the not the other JR. <laughs> Back off! Back off! <laughs> what a slobber knocker. Well, we made it about 10 minutes before I mentioned wrestling. So yeah, let's, and, and, really, and let's go over some normal stuff real quick. I want to go over some of the scores. IMDb has a rating for the show at 7.6. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, no critic score because of how old it is. Audience score on Rotten Tomatoes for Bewitch was um, only a 41% for like the show as a whole, which I thought was really interesting. Oh, so you said this went 240-something episodes over eight yeah. seasons? That's Six, crazy. The show yeah. blew up. Yeah. This is part of that. There was a time where, and this show was a big reason why I Dream a Genie, which Gordo mentioned earlier for no reason, um, <laughs> even came to be. And it was like, this, that was kind of like almost a carbon copy. Even, you know, the, the witch to a genie it was all kind of based you crazy? on crazy? One's a genie, the other's a witch. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. that that stuff, it, this was also at the same time as the Adams Family, the Munsters, like this sci-fi type of show these all happened like all at the same time these were all like right around uh, the same year or so when they all came out this was like the new fad basically uh, i like how at one point in the 60s they were just like you know what regular life sucks let's yeah. make witches and genies and monsters <laughs> and just right. run with it that's when american television went to their spooky dookie phase yeah <laughs> well that's when american people got into their drug phase and, and also, the also war phase. i was just gonna yeah. i was just gonna say that like one of the funny things about this show to me and i have another point to reference to that later but think of how different the world was in 1964 when this started and how different the world was in 1972 when this ended like 64 like through all of that we get into vietnam you get the whole hippie say. movement yeah. you get a totally radical change in hollywood and how things are made and different like you know mentality on sort of everything in the world and you basically go from this being like dig it, dig it, dig it, into like eh, edith there like it's just like a world's <laughs> apart in like seven years i don't yeah. feel like the world moves that quickly anymore um i was gonna say when we bring up um the mother at one point the mother was born in the year 1900 and she died in the year 1974 like she was born 12 years before the Titanic happened, and she died in Sweet Home Alabama was blasting on the radio. Like, that's a fucking crazy time frame yeah. to think about living in. I forget where I was watching this, but it was, there was something that pulled up, re like, the other day I was watching. It was just talking about the decade changes, and, you know, shows like Happy Days came out in the 70s about something in the 50s. That 70s show came out in the 90s about a show in the 70s. And that 20-year gap was enough to be like, wow, look at this old world that is look so different. different. Is. If a show came out right now about the turn of the century, early 2000s, it wouldn't look like much, you know, other than a few cultural references. Visually, you wouldn't get a lot out of it other than, 
looking at old technology. I don't know think about that, that though. You think that you feel like that, but like we were in fucking giant baggy pants, like not in yeah. two thousand and... anymore. That was already dying down by like after no, the late nineties. No, two thousand was the height no, of it. Wasn't. 2000, I think it was what? dying down a little bit. I mean, when did the first iPhone come out? Because I feel like that's the time frame that looks exactly the same. Like, I want to say like 2007? 2007? Yeah. Or, no, maybe a little before that. Hold on. Yeah, it's somewhere between. For reference, guys, I'll just say this. Uh, we are a year out from our 20th yeah, June of 07. Right? So think about when, uh, the by the year we graduated and the stuff we were doing, like it visually and stuff like that, and how different the world looked versus now. Other than technology stuff, Style was a little different, of course, but like the difference between when we graduated to now versus like the mid seventies to the mid nineties. I mean, those are different planets. Ah, uh, no, because you because we're we're now at the point where we're old, right? But that doesn't mean anything about yes, the world does, in because general. You you saw the gradual change to what it is now, so you don't think that it's anything different. Oh, he's wasn't a good, that yeah, different? He's got a I point. actually agree, I agree with Gordo. Yeah. No, I'm saying you look didn't get back to witness to that time. This, you didn't get yeah. to witness the 70s to the 90s. You did yeah. get to witness the 2000s to the 2020s, or, or you know what I mean. So you were in it, so you don't experience the change as much. Then why don't like, they do cultural pieces anymore that are only 20 years back? Because Why do the Hollywood '90s sucks. have a signature look? The '80s have a signature look. I'm with Jay on this one. I don't think 20 years ago looks that different, or I want to say at least 2007. Once the smartphone era kicked off, I think everything has looked a variety of the same since then. I mean, like but, guys, look, iPhone 15's coming out. This yeah. one's now titanium. Be like, okay, that's it's the same thing. Just yeah, but now updated. you got kids dressing as hipsters now and all that other stuff. There and... are still actually hipsters. They still yeah. exist. But they're they, not dressed they, as. Look you, at you us. Get there's them like, all the time. There's five of us here in this show. What are you doing? What does that mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm so confused. Hey, what are you talking about? We're hipsters. We're talking about. Hey, like, fuck you. I am not. Yeah, I don't uh, know what you're talking about. <laughs> You just said that there's hipsters now, and I said, yeah, we are the hipsters. Maybe Joe. Like, like my hip hurts. Hey, hey. (laughs) No, Joe's just quirky. Anyways. He's a quirkster. (laughs) He's a quirkster. (laughs) That sounds like a villain they would summon on Are You Afraid of the Dark? I I don't want to get into another pivot because I definitely want to cover the show and there's going to be a lot to talk about. But I will say, since you mentioned Are You Afraid of the Dark, I finally made the jump. We talked about this. I finally got Paramount Plus in like every Nickelodeon program from when we were kids. Was on it. It. They're missing a ton of episodes. Take what you can get, though. You know what I mean? Like from where we were. I, I wonder if that's content based or. Um... With Salute Your Shorts, all of a sudden Pinsky's just there. They don't even have his first episode. They have the part one when Dina and Budnick fall in love, but they don't have part two. <laughs> just, that just ends. Interesting. Inter- I mean, interesting they cut episodes out, but... And that's weird, because Pinsky's first episode was episode one of season two. Yeah. He comes in, he, like, sneaks in the salami and everything, right? And he gets... That's the whole... The, yeah, it's the yeah. whole thing. Like, because that's the pivot. No more Michael, and then we get Pinsky in his place. It's very upset. But yeah, as far as Bewitch goes, um, I, I really think we should get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. And a quick plug right before we do that, s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to all our social medias, Instagram, X, formerly Twitter. 
Uh, probably Twitter once again in the future. S1E1Pod there. Hit us up. Uh, we like talking to you guys. So make sure to follow us, message us, let us know shows you want to hear. But yeah, be with. So right off the bat, the intro, I kind of like how they intro this show. But it is also something that I think works in the 60s but wouldn't work today. And basically this long narration where we're seeing kind of the build up to what's going on. And it instead of having to have like a origin story per se, they just kind of take a couple minutes with like, hey, here's the layout. And we're just going to explain it to you and now enter the world. I'll I disagree. This, though, that intro confused me because it doesn't say how much time passed. So mm. like he met this girl and married her. So. By the way, this episode goes, it almost seems like he met her and married her that fucking day. Uh, it feels like they met and married very yeah. quickly by when we meet Sophia later. But that's, I will say, Jay, what, yeah, to your point, why. I think Arrested Development is a very good example of a modern Yeah, you know what? That's that, true. That that's true. Narration. But that's parodying other sitcoms with that. That's true. But it worked, right? Like, imagine that show without the narration. It would be nowhere near as funny. Sure. I mean, yeah, I guess that is, that's a good point. Um that one didn't come to mind, but, um, yeah, the, the whole way that it went about it, I thought was kind of good. Maybe just cause it's like that old style, the way that it was shot there. So I'm looking at it and it's, it feels very, this is a show from the sixties. It feels very much like it's from the sixties. And the, for, the narrator agreed. for this too, uncredited is the actor, Jose Ferrar, who is, uh, Bob Morton from Robocop's dad, Miguel Ferrar, who passed away a couple years ago. The main nice. dad guy from Robocop. Yeah, oh. I, he was great. He was in a bunch of things. Yeah, he was awesome. Farrar. I just like saying it. I'm cashing you out, Bob. <laughs> we basically see that the whole story of them meeting, falling in love, and it's just kind of... Joe, you kind of mentioned it's a little sexually driven. Basically, we just see them making out everywhere. Like, they're so smitten <laughs> that, you know, the two meet and they're just, I don't know, kissing everywhere they are. Like, hey, let's pull over by these train tracks and kiss. Like, let's neck right now. <laughs> I, I stand by what I said. She probably couldn't take her hands off Dick York because he's a handsome man. Or you can keep your hands off the dick sometimes, yeah. <laughs> That's such a Samantha thing. I was reading when he passed away, and they were like, he's they were, he died of like lung cancer or something. And they were like, he's a three pack a day smoker his whole life. And all he I smokes think in of, this episode, <laughs> he smokes yeah. so much in this episode. But can you imagine it? I was like, how could you smoke 60 cigarettes in a day? And then I was like, oh, wait, everybody was drunk back then, and you could smoke anywhere you wanted. Oh, it was yeah. It's probably hard to not smoke three packs Smoke a day. in the hospital. Yeah, like, my wife's having a kid. <laughs> Fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. And just think about, like, when we all smoked, like, if someone just had to pull out a cigarette, you wanted one of yours. Like, yeah. So if everyone's smoking all the time, you're smoking extra because you're pulling out your cigarettes. Uh, that it was still we happens, kids. by the when way. We were like kids I... and we all hung out at my house. There was a point in time where all of us were cigarette smokers at the same time. And it was just, it was awful because it was just nonstop chain smoking. Yeah. You disgusting. always smelled like smoke. Yeah. What did you guys think about this overall look and style? Like, like I said, it feels very 60s. So it's weird. I think like um, to walk into it now, there's like a nostalgia from watching it as kids, but just seeing how it looks and feels now, do you guys take issue with the, to, to watch an older show? Does it, does it bother you guys to watch like a, something um, so old that looks so different now? No. I like no. it. I've always liked the older aesthetic of shows like this. It does. I wouldn't say it bothers me. Yeah, because it still has the nostalgia. Like it was old when we were young. It was coming back via Nick at Night, but yeah. we all grew up watching that. So it's not weird. Like 
it's not like watching something old and shitty. It's like something we experienced. It's, it's yeah. no different than yeah. going back to I salute your shorts. Like <laughs> we, just, we were just that, talking about. That's a very good point. Like, I wonder how this would play. Like if you just, uh, somebody who's like, I don't know, say half our age. Right. So you got somebody who was like 19 years old or 18 years old or whatever. And you were like, they probably didn't grow up with Nick at night and seeing this, right? Like it just wasn't their generation. And you were like, here's bewitched. What do you think? I bet they would have a very different opinion, both from time being different, but also not having yeah. the nostalgia glasses on it. You know, mm-hmm. my best example is when we cover an old show that I haven't seen, I usually think they suck <laughs> just because I, I'm not, I don't have that familiarity. And then we watch it, and I'm just bored because it looks bad and all this stuff. So do you stuff. feel, though, that the nostalgia of watching this when you were younger is is the only reason you're not feeling that way? You think if you were on Fresh Eyes that this would be – this being – the pacing and style of this show would bother you more? I don't know. It's hard to say, but I do think – I don't know if I would have enjoyed this as much if I didn't – watch it throughout my childhood. Because we always say at the top of the episode, the goal is always to watch it with you know without any – you know, memories of watching in the past, but it's almost completely unavoidable. Yeah, it's impossible. I will Um, say that for a random thing, like if you show me a movie I've never seen before from 1962 and it's a great movie, I can get lost in a movie so easy that I never even think about what it is. Sometimes movies are easier than shows. I think sometimes I find if if there's a show from this same era that I didn't really watch back then in this random episodes on, I have a harder time. It's like, oh, my three sons is on, or something like that, and I'm like, right, yeah. eh, like, is it? I just never really watched as a kid, so it doesn't resonate me uh, resonate with me the same way. I wonder if stuff we did watch as a kid, though, like doll, like uh, what's the dolphin show, Flipper, Flipper. Flipper. <laughs> I would love to see because I don't remember really liking Flipper very much as a kid, but it was on, and there wasn't that many. It's funny to say, I have Flipper like on my list. It's on my personal list of things I want to eventually pick because of how like absurd it's, it is. Is it? A it's sitcom? not a sitcom. No, it was. it's not a sitcom. It was absolutely not. It wasn't even funny. Well, a lot of shows we do well, cover aren't funny either. Yeah, we'll yeah, but it wasn't like funny on purpose. It was, it was Lassie like, a sitcom? Oh, look, this is so whimsical. Look, yeah, this dolphin can do things. In, like It's in the same vein as Lassie. Yeah, I don't feel no, like Lassie's Lassie funny. Lassie was more dramatic, I feel. Yeah, it was, was, like, was the funny. same Mr. Thing, Ed's yeah. the comedy with the animal, for yeah, sure. Yeah, Mr. Ed is the one. Wilbur. <laughs> so anyways, um... This whole narration in the beginning and the montage and everything we're seeing, like I said, it's laying out this whole story. The big reveal at the end, obviously, for those of you listening, pretty much anyone knows, but we find out that Samantha is a witch. And you see her kind of sitting in her little chair of her bridal suite right after getting married alone, and she kind of uses her sorcery or whatever to bring, like, her hairbrush over her. Can I just say, real talk, my first TV crush. Elizabeth she uses Montgomery? smoke. Di- yeah, oh, she wait. A she's, a, she's a babe. Dick York, Gordo? No, not Dick York. <laughs> <laughs> that was mine. <laughs> I was going to say, you said he was handsome 50 times already. Um, no, it's just that whole... Um, Elizabeth M- Montgomery had this really nice girl-next-door vibe. She was very charming. Uh, I thought she was, you know, a great casting for this role, and I thought about that. Because you needed someone who was a witch, but had that whole nothing about her gives a witch-like vibe, which is what makes it work. Yeah, she has like this innocence a, to her too. Like when she's at the dinner table later, which we'll get into, 
Like, I feel really bad for her when she's getting, like, laid into, and I'm like, this poor girl. You feel yeah. for her, but it builds her up well. Like, you understand what happens. I will say, though, when she's when she talks about her mom, and she's like, you're too young for this. And, like, I don't know how old a witch lives to be. So, you know, conversely, that could be different. But she's 31 in real life. And you're like, she's not, like, a child. You know, she's, like, a grown adult woman. She's yeah. a 31-year-old. Much older know? than I thought she would have been, actually, yeah. yeah Which is yeah. live to be, like, 900 years old. So that's she's practically a teenager. Come on, come on, come on, come on. So basically, uh, right after that, we get into the intro of the show. And the intro is a cartoon, very, like, iconic um melody for an intro that was supposed to have lyrics i, but I the... can't believe that this intro copied aliens in the family i know yeah. right <laughs> so better show the... better show <laughs> yeah. so the theme song is just that like and like i said there was lyrics attached you can look them up bewitched she's being a witch it's hannah barbera cartoon too yeah in a hannah barbera cartoon motley I feel like there was a world at which, you know, these this Hanna-Barbera cartoon could have existed in a cartoon version show if um, maybe just a little later. But even at the same time, I was going to say a different era, it would have run alongside it as its own thing. I believe there's some cartoons later on about the daughter. And I I think that you get the character of Samantha on the Flintstones a couple of times. Oh, maybe. Really? Yeah. Maybe it's like a crossover as best of a crossover that they could do. Well, Maybe that's course, how old she is. Yeah. She was alive in the Flintstone times. Not if you believe that the Flintstones is actually the future. And the Jetsons is the past. Yep. Well, that's then my mind's blown. famous theory. I could do an impression of uh, Fred Flintstone, but I don't want to do one as good as noted comedian Joey Gladstone, who does the <laughs> worst Fred Flintstone impression ever on Full House all the time. He does everything well. You shut up. He does everything terrible, including breaking the heart of Alanis. We don't know all the details. <laughs> I like that we know some, though. <laughs> yeah. I know enough to be like, fuck that guy. We know enough to know what went on in a theater. <laughs> movie theater. <laughs> I just want to know what movie it was. You imagine sucking Uncle Joey's dick okay. and, like, okay. the Hunt okay. for Red October is on? Like, what's the movie in the background? I need to know. It was What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Oh, God. So we cut the back. Sister, the other sister. After the intro, we get back into this bridal suite where we saw Samantha um, earlier on, the whole thing with the brush coming towards her. And this is when her mother appears, her mother also a witch. And she's just kind of like, we get that kind of poof out of nowhere. And I actually Dora. thought, as far as like the, um, we'll see it a, a lot of times. We saw it with the brush. We see it with her just appearing. And they're using like very simple, practical, like effect and things and camera tricks. But I thought everything for for the 60s and on not much budget for television, a lot of these effects were pretty good. I love yeah, it. Yeah, me too. It's clearly people in the background with strings just poking stuff and pulling stuff, and it looks so good. And that's why I would hate this show now, because they would just CGI it to death and try to go too big with it. Like, these are fun and weird and practical and easy. Well, like, Samantha the Teenage Witch. Uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, they did it mostly with all CGI. We covered that last year. Yeah, I think uh, it works better here. Except for the cat. The cat looks fine to me. Well, the cat wasn't CGI. It was a puppet. Oh, the Yeah, cat the cat was a wasn't CGI. Not a CGI face. Hmm. Well, that explains why it looked good. Yeah. So, uh, the scene with 
her and her mother, basically it's just, she doesn't approve of this wedding. And a lot of things. She's young. It's a mortal guy. Like, there's just so much going on. And this is the horniest character of all time because her real last name is Moorhead. <laughs> okay. I think you're wow. the horniest character of all time. <laughs> well, Joe saw like an 80 year old woman. laugh yeah. at that. I'm so glad that most of you did. <laughs> oh, Agnes, Moorhead. That's what her husband would say to her, I guess. I don't know. She but assumed... then he'd be Mr. Moorhead. That's yeah. not how that works. Yes, it is. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be. You don't have to take a guy's name. I mean, right. that's true. You did in the 60s. <laughs> yeah, you did in the 60s. True. So now. What about the 1460s when Agnes Moorhead was born? I don't know. <laughs> She's under the impression that he put Samantha under a spell to convince her to marry him so early. And that's how she found out that he was just a regular man. And so, like, the thought of that, just it just made it worse to her because she was already upset that her daughter got married young. And then to find out that it was to, you know, a, a regular Joe Schmo like us. You'd think that she would let her mother know that she's getting married. That's another reason why I think they fucking, they met and got married right and away. Like a loop. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because the well, mom has no idea and they're on their honeymoon. So she clearly wasn't invited. But the mother teleported to her. So she must have known, like, can you imagine? Like, the, well, that's the they, stuff that confuses me. And like, she's like, Samantha. Well, if they have this power to just kind of appear at any time, right, and just kind of summons themselves to where they are, do they know where they're heading, or do they just, like, I'm they going go to wherever it. Samantha is? Yeah. I think oh, no, Samantha that. was scuba diving. <laughs> <laughs> because, <laughs> so if she shows up, like, oh, at this point she knows she's married, right? That's why she showed up. And so, on like, her honeymoon, so things could so, be... Yeah, why did she show up sooner? I guess like it's the one. I guess it's one of the unexplained. You just kind of have to take it for what it is. Well, it's she's lucky she came when she about. did. She's lucky she came when she did, because if she had come a little bit later, things would have been hot and steamy. Yeah, but why, why didn't she come a month earlier when they're dating, <laughs> or when she found out they were getting married, or when they were? Dick York was already married. coming a month earlier. This is you guys are being extra weird now. Now you guys are being extra weird. I make one cum joke over the entire history of our yeah, show. Joe, that's so weird. Joe hit the quota Captain like two minutes there. into this episode this time. Joe hit the we're, quota six months ago. Covering the, yeah, but oh, it took I me was, less time than that. Come on. Every episode, there's like a reset, right? We start over again. And then I always try to gauge like how wholesome is the show we're doing. Bewitched, super wholesome. Who's going to listen to that episode? More wholesome people. Let's not scare them off with too much cum talk. It's, it's a wholesome. I mean, look. How far I, the show. It's a wholesome episode, but the whole episode is about the two of them trying to have sex. No, it's not. That's not, yeah, it is is not the, the plot not of the, the episode. episode. He keeps coming in. L- l- allow me for a moment, please. I'm sure he uh, does. Let me let me uh, just give my point of view here. He, th- She keeps sending him away to the lobby. He keeps coming in. He's ready. They're trying to do it. He wants to go with her upstairs just like last night, but she can't because she has to clean the kitchen. They keep having these moments where they're clearly. Oh, so talking two about things their... that happen twenty minutes apart from each other. This scene it takes like seven scene. minutes before we leave this hotel right, room. But, so you but can't you say that. It's that a third she... of the episode. It's not the point. Trying of the episode. to get into the room, and she keeps sending him back to the okay, lobby. Okay, right. Not, but he's like, trying to just get into his room. Yeah, it's not anything weird. So they can sleep together for the first time. This whole scene, he keeps bringing that up to her. Yeah, I know. He's probably not for nothing. Probably is a boner. Like, I don't mean to be weird, but, like... Yes, you do mean to be weird. <laughs> but, like, 
<laughs> but it's a wholesome boner. <laughs> it's it's one of those. Th- he's trying to get into his room because it's his hotel room, regardless of if they're gonna have sex or he's not. He's in his his uh like silk robe. He's ready to roll. Like he knows what's coming. He's got the champagne. He's he's like setting the mood. I'm not denying that it's implied that it's their honeymoon that they would do that. But he's not going up there. This isn't like a horny Frank step-by-step where he's making it very clear that, like, I'm I'm about to have some sex. That's not what he's doing. I really he's going through the lobby. He's at his hotel, and he's about to walk into his room, like, as you would do regardless. Even if he was by himself, yes, he would try the, to leave the, the lobby the to go The scene before room. this, we've watched them make out everywhere in the plot of the show. Yeah, by a train and a store and a place. By the well, yeah, no, I'm not. Again, I'm not saying that that's not their intent. I'm just saying that that's not how he's playing the scene at this moment. He's like innocently trying to get to his room most of the time. But I want to say I do like as we're talking about effects. We keep saying that every time he gets close to his room, there's like two or three occasions where Agnes or Endoro, right? <laughs> What's Endora. her name? Endora. Endora, Agnes yeah. is a real first name. Yeah, uh, right. So Endora like knows like senses he's about to walk in and just keeps like he keeps uh disappearing like and reappearing back like yeah, like teleporting back into the lobby. And that was again where they use kind of just simple camera tricks, right? But every time I thought it looks pretty smooth, you know, to be they able did to a do good that job. trick. Yeah, yeah. when he arrives job, in the lobby, he's three in the times exact is too many position. times. I thought it's it worked. Too many? It was, I thought it worked. And you know, it's funny how we talk, it being 2023, and he keeps getting a new key from the guy. I'm like, that's a physical key. Why do they have so many keys? It's not like now, if you lock yeah, out right. of your hotel room, they program one of 100 cards. As, as somebody who, who ran a hotel that had physical keys, you have like almost an unlimited supply of those same keys. People Just lose so. them all yeah. the time, I'm sure, yeah. I wouldn't yep, give it, I wouldn't him. give him another key after five seconds ago I gave him a key though. Here's a question about that scene. So he's embarrassed and everyone's looking at him like, look at why this. Why is he guy. not going crazy? But he why is he Yeah. He's he the most he's modest dressed I've ever seen. He's wearing a long robe, pants, shoes, and a long shirt. Everyone's looking at him like that guy's down here in his fucking My pajamas. God, my pajamas. So this <laughs> is where I think we talk about then versus now. Then that was like, oh my god, what is this guy doing in like his underwear, quote unquote? Because you <laughs> that's his underwear. Like that. Cut to yeah. now, kids are going to school in their pajamas. Exactly, yeah, and it's fine. When we were in high school, there used to be like, remember that's like make announcements like you can't come to school in your pajamas, which I support because that's insane. Put some fucking clothes on, but no. But I'm just saying that that in that time, that was like, oh my god, he's wearing his his on, you know, he's going to bed like that's not decent. I mean, this is a time, too, where you put a suit on to go on a plane. Exactly. You put a suit on to go fishing at this time. Well, you can smoke on that that far. Andy Griffith (laughs) maybe says otherwise on that one. That's Gomer Pyle. (laughs) There is a point where he eventually finally does make it to his room. His mother-in-law disappears right beforehand. And this is when, you know, he's seeing his new wife for the first time again, entering the room and. You know, maybe at this point he is ready for a little boom, boom. But um, he is convinced, by the way, the whole time that it's the champagne is why he's like keeps finding himself in the wrong area. He thinks it's really like, funny because uh, later in this episode, you find out that he is a man who likes to drink and he likes to drink bourbon. So he's yeah, like, he I drinks, only have one glass of champagne. Fashion. It's like, wait, what's going on with you? You have a crazy tolerance. 
I feel like to, uh, to go back to all the shows of this era, wasn't it just always business guys who just drank scotch? Wasn't that like every show? They just old yeah, guys just come, drinking They come home, scotch? they have their decanter. They, That's yeah. still every show. <laughs> well, I think, no, I think it's a blue collar, white collar thing, right? Because if you look at like, yeah, those guys were having scotch and like regular working guys would come home and be like, did you get me my beer? Like, that's like a sitcom dad from the same period if he worked at, like, the docks, you know? Oh, that's Archie Bunker. <laughs> well, not just Archie. That was a lot of the dads at that time. Are you guys, were any of you ever scotch drinkers? I never enjoyed it personally. I, hate I tried it. I love, I love bourbon, but I hate scotch. So when I cleaned out my grandmother's basement years ago, there was, like, like 20 bottles of, 20 different bottles of scotch down there, and I tried them all. And there was, I'm not a scotch person at all. There was only one that I actually enjoyed and I looked it up and, it, and it's like, it's like the bottom shelf one today. And I was like, oh, this is my favorite. That's so strange. Like well, that's it's called good because well, yeah, White yeah, Horse, I think it's called. Um, I don't know what happened, like where the eras just changed, where scotch was like the man's drink of choice. And then it just, it kind of fell yeah, out of favor. I don't know. Scotch you is know, like Taco Bell, where like you could take one sip of it, and then two days later you'll burp and you'll still taste scotch. Like I feel like if you eat Taco Bell, you burp. I had no idea where you were going days. with that. <laughs> Me neither. No. You but found does it a make way sense? to make. You found a way to make it make sense, but in the moment I was like, "This is we're on for a ride here." I remember back. <laughs> it's like Taco like, Bell. You shit your brains out later that night. <laughs> like, yeah, I just bet that the flavor stays with you. I'd much rather burp up a taco though than scotch two days later. Oh, it stays see, with for you. For me, that's tequila. Tequila, I'll burp up the the taste for, for days. Yeah, I'm not a tequila guy either. It just tastes yeah, like burp, not at all. That's why I don't drink it. It's because of th- that reason. Darren and Samantha are talking in the room because, like, I, she wants to. She's like, "We need to talk um, before they can get on to anything else." And this is when she finally tells him, like, I'm a witch. And he's like, what? And she says, like, no, like, I'm a witch. I'm a real broom-riding, house-haunting, cauldron-stirring witch. Which is weird because even in her portrayal, right, through this episode or even kind of in the future, like, his, and not to get ahead, right? But to say, like, broom-riding, house-haunting, cauldron-stirring, like, that's not really how anyone was ever portrayed in that show. Except I for know, when she's saying she's yeah. saying these are the stereotypes. This is what you'd know a witch as. I'm one of those. She's not right, but, yeah, but I feel like that's also that what they stuff. told Hannah and Barbara. Where they're like, "Hey, go yeah. draw some cartoon about a blonde lady witch," and they were like, "All right, sure." And I feel like for the cartoon her, you know, that makes sense. I'm just saying she's almost validating like these are all true things about me as a witch. The way no, because her it. mother and her were talking, and her mother, in response to her marrying a mortal said that they don't understand witches and they think that we're just broom riding. Yeah, we only work on Halloween. We only work on Halloween. And I think Uh, she did that because she knew that was the only way he was going to understand what she meant. Yeah. And she was right because that's what he thought of them. Yeah, because right away he's like, that tracks, I got you. It's not Halloween. He goes, oh, it's not Halloween. To prove her point. And his way of like, (laughs) Connor is like, hey, listen, um, you know, I have an aunt who thinks she's a lighthouse. <laughs> I love yeah. this story, and I love that it, this joke rides the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, like, it was funny the way he explained it. Like, it was, she was just, like, it was, like, whenever it rains, she just, like, climbs up on the roof. <laughs> like, and yells at sailors. It's kind of funny. He's okay with his wife being crazy, but not okay with her being a witch. Yeah, he's like, I was fine. If I just thought you were, you thought you were a lighthouse, I could handle that. <laughs> being a witch is a step too far. <laughs> yeah. He has a lot of good facial reactions, too. I remember there was a point where 
She was talking about she was talking to her mother earlier. It's like, oh, I thought you said she was in India. It's like, yeah, but she just dropped in for a minute. And he's just like, what? what? Is <laughs> she like, still here? <laughs> those moments where, like, you can see in his face him realizing things or, like, you can you, you can read his thoughts through his facial expressions. He's, I, I think uh, he's a good he face did a really actor. good job of that. He lends himself to a good cartoon face, too. Yeah, I always thought it was funny. And again, uh, not to jump ahead. I always thought, I mean, when I look back, not as much, but as a kid, I thought Dick York and Dick Sargent looked similar enough that it wasn't that crazy of a Yeah, transition. seeing them now, no, though, I agree. Me. Yeah. That's why it angered me is they look so different. Even and I think then. also we watched, so the, the version we watched, we watched the colorized version of episode one, even though it originally aired in black and white, because that's just what's out there now. I always kind of in my head, and I don't know when the exact transition was, but as a kid, it was almost like Dick Sargent came in when the show turned to color and Dick York was in the black and white era. So it almost is like why you didn't think as much about it because yeah. the world like looked a little different yeah. through color. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You primarily only saw Dick York in black and white episodes. So it was like to turn the color on almost to have someone look a little different. <laughs> kind of like it ch- it changes it anyway so you're already looking at it through like a new lens you know, one note to bothered. the colorized thing that i thought was interesting too is i don't know if you saw this but i saw this after i'm, I'm watching the episode i'm taking my notes and i'm like oh they when they colorized her they kind of make her in that opening scene look like jackie o with that pink outfit it was like very much like the jackie o of the time outfit you know the oh box, yeah sort of pink hat thing or whatever and then i found out that the initial rehearsals for this pilot were actually on november 11th uh, 1963 and they had to cancel them because that's the day kennedy got shot right and wasn't it the like the creator of the show or it was her real life husband elizabeth montgomery's like husband who was like one of the producers and stuff was friends with him yeah i think i think uh something else, so it was like a, an issue right like your friend and the, i mean like it was a cultural like oh, yeah the country like probably shut down for a day at the time but it was also they happen to be friends on top of that I don't mean this to sound dark or morbid, but I don't think we have had, I don't think this generation would stop the way that the generation, like the whole world stopped in 1963 when the president was shot and everyone was like, what do we do? I feel like politics have become so much more divisive now where like, if it was Trump, if it was Biden. Was he the last president to be assassinated though? People hated him. Last one to get assassinated is JFK, yeah. Uh, So I feel like it's tough to But they were not a good enough shot, unfortunately. Yeah, but so I feel like Somebody shot JR. (laughs) Somebody did shoot J.I. But is that so? It's so tough to say. I feel like that would be a big one, like at least for the the next couple days. I think things would make the news cycle interesting for sure. But I just don't think, like, the world, like, when you hear about it, right? And like Parkland and all this stuff, it's like the whole world stopped and cried pretty much. The whole country stopped and cried. Now people hate the person they don't like so much that there would be like. People crying and people cheering at the same time would be a very weird, surreal thing to to view. I mean, I don't want to. It would have to be like a like someone would have to shoot Tom Hanks, and then the world would all be sad. (laughs) I hope that never happens, but boy, would I be crying. See, it's 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 like so. It it has to be public and on TV, and and then we would hang that person for that thing they did. So to go back into the scene too, we see some more of these like effects that are being used. There's a point where we brought up that he's a smoker and he smokes in the episode. And we have the the moving ashtray that's like he keeps turning like Ash's cigarette and it just keeps fall, you know, sliding from side to side of the table. Yeah. And I, th- I thought that was a good one. And she lights the lighter for him. 
Yeah, and then the drinks, like, he's like, oh, I need a drink. And, like, you know, all of a sudden, uh, you know, a highball appears in his hand. And then he, he – there was the one time he was, like, accepting of the magic, too. He's like, uh, how about an old-fashioned? And it changes I to was, an old-fashioned. I was right there with him with that mentality as somebody who just always is drinking liquids in general, not just alcohol. Like, I'm just always drinking. I'd be like, I don't want to get up and go get more ice. Like, ooh, that's easy. Try to know. What's, what's in a highball? It's uh, ginger ale and ginger ale whiskey. And whiskey. Oh, okay. Yeah, just a simple to drink, uh, to cocktail, two ingredient well, cocktail. I always like wonder, like, why is that a trope in these shows? Like, you find this all powerful being, but it's the one guy who's like, oh, I don't want magic, huh? Like, wouldn't anyone yeah, be right? excited? I have a witch as a wife. I can get anything I want. Same with I dream a genie. <laughs> they do the same thing. Yeah. No genie, no witches. It's like yeah, you have a genie or a witch, and you could be like. Give me all the riches of the world. Build a giant house for us. And she's like, I'm going inside my bottle. You're an asshole. Like, this is confusing <laughs> for everybody involved. Well, I mean, you look at it and it's, the way they do this stuff, too, it's it is like this old kind of the old tropes of like where you fit in a marriage and the woman's role in a, in a man's role. And it was just like, oh, please. Like, it, it's so weird to see it now because the world doesn't work that way anymore. And so when you, you know, for us to like, you know, a couple of you guys are married and the other couple of you that are relationships and me who's doomed to roam the earth alone forever. <laughs> talk to women from time to time. It's like, but, but like when you, when you, when you talk the to incredible a Hulk now, now where you're going to end this episode just sadly <laughs> hitchhiking <laughs> away from your room. But, um, it's one of those, like that, those, those roles don't exist anymore. So he finds out she's a witch and it's more like, but that means you can't be a good housewife. How are you going to cook and clean if <laughs> yeah, you're a witch? Yeah, you get real dated like, here. And, and it's like, please, yeah. please, I'll be the best housewife ever. At I'll, that I'll point, learn to cook and I'll clean. And it's like, I'm like, this is so weird. Yeah, she says, you she, need to learn how to keep house. And you're like, yes, bud, yeah. bud. It, it, Dude, are, is that your wife or is she hired help? Like, that's I know. the thing. Like, well, I mean, I that's, just, that's, that's really just the times. That's all it, it was. was. Uh, also, it was. side note, just to go back real quick before we get too far away from it. I had to look it up because it didn't sound right. A highball is not just a whiskey and a ginger ale. A highball is the type of drink. So like a vodka soda, a gin and tonic, a whiskey and ginger ale, those are highballs. They're all called highballs. How do you order a highball then? Yeah, whenever I've had uh, – me growing up, I mean, when I learned what a highball <laughs> was for my dad, it was whiskey and ginger ale. So I always – that's what I've always just associated with, with. Yeah, it's referred to as a cocktail style. It says the highball is one of the most popular cocktail styles worldwide. The category, which in its purest form is merely a spirit plus a carbonated ingredient, includes popular drinks such as vodka soda, gin and tonic, scotch and soda. Hey, I drink uh, highballs. Yeah, I Red, drink highballs yeah. too. Uh, Dave, if Dave's listening, our friend Yeager? Dave from In a Pick Pod, who is a professional bartender, I would like his opinion on this. If I walked into the bar and you were attending bar and I said, give me a highball. What would you just get one of all, all of them in front of you? <laughs> yeah. You're going to be so drunk later, man. You get a flight deck. Yeah, I've always known it as whiskey and ginger ale. but And I know that they make glasses that are yeah, like highball, glasses, highball yeah. glasses. So I assume in this era, if that's all that means, it's it's scotch and soda. That's probably what all these old guys are yeah, drinking. They got the, the spray thing. The, the yeah, with the bottom of those guns. Yeah. What about one of Joe's favorite drinks? Whiskey and water. <laughs> it's whiskey and soda. It's bourbon and soda. It is a classic drink, and it is delicious. It's a highball. It is a highball, and it is a highball. I got a highball for you. The lowball. Yeah. yeah, it's Gordo making that joke right there. I think. <laughs> oh well, that's low hanging fruit. Yeah, because it's um, so big. They 
flopping near the ground. Right. So, yeah, uh, this scene <laughs> concludes with this kind of argument still, the whole her promising that, you know, she'll be she'll be good to him. And, you know, they, they even talk about maybe getting a marriage counselor. But the you know idea of, you know, I'll be a, I'll be a perfect housewife for you. Please just give me a chance. You know what I'm just noticing now? It's like I watched it earlier, but she's famous for the nose wiggle. She really doesn't do it in the pilot. No. You get it once that I saw. You get, it yeah, you get one. Yeah. Like that's yeah. how she does all of her spells later in the show. She does the nose shake, right? And it goes. But that's the thing. Pilots are figuring themselves out, and and it does happen in this episode. I think if it didn't happen, it'd be one thing. But we do get one later on, and maybe it depends yeah. on the um the level of witchery you need. But the next no, scene, next scene from there, we see uh, Darren with a buddy of his, and he's talking to him like at the bar. And he's kind of explaining to him what's going on. And the whole time, like, his buddy's, like, trying to give his buddy relationship advice. But he's giving him, like, almost scripted, I'm not listening to you advice. So as Darren's trying to tell him details, this guy's just going on and on. And just kind of giving him the generic advice. Not listening to him at all the whole time. Because well, Tag is his best saying, my wife too. is a witch. And all of them are thinking, like, they mean, like, she's a bitch. Like. Yeah, everybody a horrible person. that through this, yeah. I also love the, the device of the episode now is we get a few different scenes that are very short and very funny. Like, they don't dwell on the reactionary day he's having. Like, they just quickly go through, like, this is all he's doing in one day and trying to figure it all out. And it, I think it's funnier for, like, how quick some of these interactions are. Yeah, like the doctor. He's like, yeah, ah, that's what you called me here for. Well, yeah, get he's talking to the doctor. That was the next scene. Yeah, he's talking to the doctor. And the same thing, like, he's, I guess, to, in his credit, Big news was just dropped on him, right? You know, you you know, if you if if we were to live in in the world that Darren is living in, and you find out that your your new bride is a witch, I guess like at least he's open to figuring this out. But he is asking everyone under the sun like for advice, whether it be friends and doctors. Like, I guess you got to kind of go through it. It is kind of messed up that she waited for him to put the ring on it and then told him. When's a good time to tell that? I mean, there's a there's like that thing with all types of things <laughs> before you meet someone, right? When do you marry? When do you mention I was married before? When do you mention you have kids? When do you mention of certain physical ailments and things like that? Or it's like when? <laughs> how long do you drop the I'm a witch thing? How many dates in are you supposed to be? Because it sounds like no. they were too preoccupied kissing until they actually were physically so, married. So, so then he's got to be okay with it. He signed because up for it. Yeah, he did. But he and didn't again, sign up that's for the thing. it. He didn't sign up for it. No, he no, didn't no, but he signed up for better or worse. And which might be better, which yeah. might be worse, but he signed up for it. In my opinion, which is better. Yeah. I agree. But, I agree, too. But I but I think it should have been disclosed upon. That's the but thing. It should have been Samantha, mentioned. kill my enemies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would be the best ad man in town. <laughs> you could have anything. Like, clearly, like, she can clean your house. Leo, but that's not his... On. That's not his because thing. He's That's an idiot. He's yeah, he's an idiot. idiot. He wants to stick to like the terrible standards of the time. Yeah. Instead of his wife just being like, "Boop, nino, nino, house is clean," to be like, "Oh, awesome, let's go eat dinner." Like that. Who do you marry, Mork from Ork? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I think it's more he just wants to believe his life is normal and what normal was at that time. So. Yeah, the standard of normal at the time. But yeah, at the end of the day, is it a big deal if your wife twitches her nose and dinner's ready? Like. Yeah, it does seem like a weird overreaction, especially it's just like, you know, she's gorgeous and you, you'll never have to do yeah, a right. chore in your life again. Because Like, just go fucking live it up. 
Quit being think a bitch of how about good, it. Think of how good this would be. Darren, I made dinner. Ooh, great. What are we having? Eggplant parm. You son of a... <laughs> chicken parm. My <laughs> wife, I love you. So so you're supposed to be excited that he she ruined dinner? And she no, she doesn't ruin dinner. She parm. can turn that disgusting eggplant parm into a delicious chicken parm with a tiny or, little nose twitch. Or she could turn it to poop. Or, ooh, what's for dinner? Uh, I don't know. Literally whatever you want. Whatever the fuck you want. At she can any make time, Grandpa Joe anywhere. get out of bed. <laughs> she can, she's like, for dinners. I've been feeling cabbage water. I just want to catch up a few people. Um, and for those of you who might be newer to us and listening, um, this might be one of your first episodes. First off, welcome and thank you for listening. Um, unfortunately, a couple of the guys on this show are children and they won't eat eggplant. Because they're giant man babies. <laughs> I love no, that. They are mi- gross. Missing it's out. the bastard parm. It's not. It's it's not. That would be turkey parm. It's the second best parm. <laughs> everybody, pause. please, everybody, stop. This argument He's not is wrong. over. Gordo, pardon me. Turkey parm. You could parm anything. That be like the argument that you could parm anything, but like that's the first thing that came to mind. We said that's the bad. I think it's a great argument, Gordo. Don't let them get you down on this one because it's the closest. You could very easily parm a turkey. They turkey breast, like a chicken breast. Turkey parm would would be the closest to your beloved chicken parm. Oh, it's true. I like chicken. I don't like. So the question is: Would you eat eggplant or turkey parm? You can't bread turkey though. Why can't you? Because it's dry and icky. Because <laughs> it'd be bad. Yes. Yeah. I would say pork parm would be closer because you can bread a pork chop. Yeah, it's true. It's the other white you meat. Can, why can't you bread a turkey breast? Because it would you be bad. You bread tasting. a turkey breast? You could bread anything. Italian breadcrumbs on a turkey breast? What's wrong with sure. you people? Sure. You never had. Just like, like how putting cheese and sauce on just about anything will make it taste good. Putting breadcrumb and egg and frying almost anything makes it taste good as well. You know what? I'm going to make you guys eggplant I'm, parm. One of no, these I'm not eating it. <laughs> I'm going to make you guys parm. Why don't we have a parm? I'd like to see you make me do anything. I will no, not we need to that. have a Jay came up with a good name. We need to have a Parmageddon and we need to do a <laughs> testing and go through all the parms. And you guys need to try eggplant. the fucking eggplant parm because I'm telling you, it's better it's than you bad. think it is. You have it's this preconceived notion in your head that it's gross and it's not. It is gross. It's not a preconceived notion. I tasted it and I didn't like it. Well, you had it wrong. You guys have this preconceived notion, everything I hate, it's because I've never tried it. I've tried (laughs) everything I don't like. No, that's not why we don't think it. No, here's the thing. You decided, though, when you were like three that you didn't like these things and you're going, see, I tried it. It's like, yeah, but you tried it 35 years ago. I watched you gag eating a cheddar covered piece of broccoli broccoli yeah it was gross and that was semi recently so there's my proof no but you there's no way that could have tasted bad because it was 90% it would only taste cheese, like cheese at 1% that point. no bro- it tastes like 10%. broccoli which tastes like farts broccoli plus cheese sauce is very good though it is it, it, one of my so, favorites you also tried to do it to me with the brussels sprout and i almost threw up i don't like brussels sprouts i'm with you there i tried I don't like them. I like Brussels sprouts. I feel like they were given a bad rap to us as kids. Our entire no, lives, it was like, Brussels sprouts, I don't want to eat those. And I didn't for like 30 years. I ate one and was like, this is delightful. See, I I mean, it, I like a lot of vegetables. <laughs> Big I vegetable. Like vegetables. I want Asparagus, good. Wouldn't make a good parm, but that's good. Asparagus, good. Yeah. I like, so, I like <laughs> ca- carrots about the only, like, vegetable I'll eat. I mean, I'll... I'll 
like a cooked carrot I'll eat. As for like, I'll have a salad. Like let lettuce is fine, obviously. Cucumbers I like, but tomato, or like, I don't like obviously anything. Else. <laughs> I'll give you that. Thank you. Um, no. So, <laughs> anyways, I, I do want to move forward a little bit. We get to this point where after Darren's talking to a, a few different people about the situation, we get to him and Samantha together again in their home. And it's like, she's like sitting there, like anxiously awaiting his decision. Like he was like, you're going to give me some time to figure this out. And she's just like hoping he's going to accept her and, and, and stay together. And he's like, you know, I've been thinking about this quite a bit. And as long as you promise to never use your witchcraft ever again, then I will stay with you. And she's like, oh, thank you. Thank you. And it's like, I think that's like the only stuff about this episode that's cringy to me is this, this like, I will be your best housewife. It's just. And I guess it's just looking yes, at it through yeah. different eyes and, you know, so many, you know, decades later. But to see it, it's so weird to me. I think it would have worked better if they showed them pre-relationship a little more and showed she just wants to be normal. Other than yeah, they got married sense, yeah. and he's instead of they got married and he's forcing her to change because that's like, fucked up. It never yeah, was part of the narration. Samantha's been trying very hard to be a normal woman, right? <laughs> it's all you need. And then show her at the store being like. Ketchup, catsup, ketchup, catsup. And then you're like, okay. Are you were here I to help me with now. my ketchup problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one thing quickly I just want to pull out. I don't like to pull out like, but this guy was in this and this guy was in that very often unless I think it's something very interesting. The bartender Al in the last scene, the actor that was Paul Barcelou, his greatest acting credit, one of the greatest acting credits of all time. You know the scene in True Lies where Arnold has that giant fight in the bathroom? And there's yes. like all the toilets are breaking and everything. At the very end, all of the your all of the stalls fall down, and they're just a scared old guy pooping, holding the newspaper. That <laughs> is Al the bartender <laughs> from the Bewitched Pilot. And when I saw that, I was like, "What a hero! He deserves a Walk of Fame uh, star for that alone." What a great old pooping man! Old. <laughs> I think he's like scared man on toilet. I think is what the credit is. Old pooping Al. <laughs> See, you can make poop jokes. Also, did you say you hate doing that? Because you do that all the time, naming actors. No, I hate doing it too much. Like, I don't want to be like, oh, and this person was this and this and that. Unless it's like something interesting. Oh, okay. Like, I thought the narrator being Bob for RoboCop's dad was interesting. Maybe it's just interesting to me. I don't know. RoboCop (laughs) rules. But I thought everybody would enjoy that he was uh, the scared guy on the toilet from True Lies. (laughs) Arnold for president. So now we see uh, in the next scene, Darren's at work. And we have this girl, Sheila, who... Hey, did you notice his, um, who he works for? Mr. Uh, McMahon? Oh, I did not. It says Mr. It McMahon. It says, it says McMahon, McMahon and Tate. So, the, uh, Sheila, I, I assumed it was, um, did they blatantly say that they were exes? Because it was strongly implied that these two used to date. I, I think it's an implication, but it's a strong implication. Yeah. yeah. No, he even like apologizes to her that he got married and stuff. So I, I don't think he would have apologized for hurting her if they weren't dating in the past. But like, so how long was this? Because she went to the Hamptons, and they were in no, Connecticut, the Bahamas. Oh, where did she go? I thought she went to the Hamptons. So Either the way, it's a short time. But yeah, you're not going to be there for like six months, which only goes to say that he got married super quick yeah so I'm, I'm agreeing with that but it's also crazy that like 
she comes back and she's like, oh, that guy I was dating three weeks ago, he just got married to somebody else? Oh, well, I'll go take a look and talk to him. I feel like you just cut connection with that person. You'd be like, well, you think? You them. think Samantha may have bewitched him? Ooh, like she just used the power to make him fall in love? I mean, the show is called Bewitched. Uh, I, I feel like they would have hinted towards it at some point, right? That that early narration, they would have had that little, until one day, and you see her like, look at him a certain way. But Yeah, like aliens in the family. I don't like that that's come up twice already. Aliens in the family. Uh, for those of you listening, we covered that before. It was a TGIF show. And yeah, I mean, it kind of was. Uh, it was almost like Stockholm Syndrome, right? Because she was abducting him and then all of a sudden they got married. But yeah, the Which, scene here with, with, uh, with Sheila, it was just, you know, there's this kind of, she's very flirty with them. She's, um, and, and they definitely do the contrast, right? Because Samantha is blonde and Sheila has to be brunette. So now you have part the, It's like the good versus evil, yeah. right? Light and yes. dark. So, you know, and she's, like, talking to him, and she's very flirty with him in she the office. She kisses him right on the she lips. Kisses him. She yeah. kisses him. She also does it later in front of Samantha. Yes. Yeah. Well, she knows how much he likes to kiss, because yeah. Darren's a kisser. I love He's to a kiss. kisser. And, yeah, and it was one of those, as they're talking, he finally has to kind of slip in that, like, hey, I have something to tell you. I got married. And she's like, oh, I know. It's like, you know? Like, and it's like, Words yeah. It's around. Then, yeah, and then invites them over for, like, a dinner and assures him that it's going to be a very low-key thing, just a few people over, like, nothing, like, you know, sitting on the floor kind of thing, as she says it is. I shouldn't have so many questions, but I have so many questions about their wedding. Because, like, obviously her family wouldn't have been there. Did they just right. elope? Did they have no guests at their wedding? Did they go to Vegas and get married by Them Elvis? eloping like, doesn't sound yeah. crazy. Here's the thing, though. I don't think they But they're so because... old-fashioned, I don't think they'd want to elope. But also later in this ep- or earlier in this episode when he's talking to Sam An- uh, Samantha 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 over here what are the Samanthas going on here? <laughs> <laughs> but earlier he's talking to Samantha and talking about all the duties she must do as a wife. One of them is we go to my mom's house for dinner every Friday. A guy who goes to his mom's house for dinner every Friday is inviting his mom to his wedding. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Yep. But it, it is very possible that yeah, his family was invited and they just had excuses and said, oh, her family's not from around. Or maybe or the dinner every Friday is penance for not getting invited to the wedding. <laughs> yeah. For the rest of time. And they make him eat eggplant parm. <laughs> that Samantha could turn into chicken, so it's fine. Everybody wins. So uh, Darren eventually does accept this invite to come over with uh, Samantha to Sheila's house. And, but this is all under, again, the guise of you know, it's going to be like a real small thing. It's like a potluck, sit on the floor, kind of relax things to a few people. Did you see what they brought as a as a dish for the potluck also? No, I, I didn't. didn't notice. Yeah, they brought nothing. What the fuck? You get invited. Oh, thank okay. you, Joe. You show Thank, you, thank no you, Joe. I was going to bring that up, too. It's I like, didn't know. She could have walked in and then been like, look, a mouse. And like, and like pulled up something, right? But no. Hey, everybody's going to make food and we're all going to share. It's communal. What are you going to bring? Fucking nothing. Well, here's the thing, though. And because there's the the next scene is like flashing to them entering this party and the two of them are outside. And Samantha's worried that she's not dressed enough. He's like, no, it's like a casual thing. Don't worry. And not that she looks bad. She's not like nowadays if you were to bring someone. She's wearing a lovely dress. Yeah, she's in yeah. a dress because like at that time everyone got dressed nice to do anything anyways. But <laughs> He's in a suit and she's in a dress, and they walk in and they're like, You guys are terribly underdressed yeah, for this. Look party. at these schlubs. But yeah, I know the door opens and you find out this is not a sit on the floor kind of thing. First off, she lives in like a mansion. 
It's and a huge it's, mansion. Yeah, and it's like this big like with, with with service and catered like it's a it's a it's a nice dinner. It's not a potluck. It's not a sit on the floor. And this was obviously all a deliberate setup to have Samantha show up and feel inferior when she shows up and meets Sheila and all these other people. And that's kind of the setup of this dinner. It's all it was all set up for her to feel uncomfortable when she got there. Do you think her goal is annulment? Sheila's? I I don't know. It's like she's just jealous and loves. Um, I think Aaron. it's just to just be mean at this point. Like yeah, she I didn't get so. the guy she wanted, so now she needs this girl to feel inferior. It's not necessarily yeah. with the overall goal of having him one day necessarily, All but right. girls be catty. Yes, it's. I think it's just that. It's it's just not so. It's not supposed to be much deeper than she's just evil and wants Samantha to feel bad. You got this guy, and I want to fuck with you. Yeah. So now we get them like at the dinner itself and they're sitting there. And again, like, you know, Ferg, I think it was you mentioned it earlier, the way that you just kind of see Samantha react and stuff and how uncomfortable she looks. And like, she has this sweetness to her that like really resonates the whole time. What's fucked up is that Darren is sitting next to Sheila and that was definitely intentional, though. Like you could tell it wasn't by their choice they were set up in a situation where the only available seats were polar opposite of the table i'm willing they basically to make her like I the weirdo s- table at a wedding <laughs> the freaks at table nine she's the freaks at table nine yeah she's brian Pesain and the <laughs> wedding singer that movie that we all went to see together that time but i'm willing to bet that there was a scene that hit the cutting room floor when she was like darren darling come sit right here and like she had to go sit down or something like that but if that's the case herself, like, like Darren should have been like, no, I'm going to sit with my wife. I thought the same thing. Darren really should have, like, fucking nutted up about this one. Yeah, Darren, yeah, so well, Darren's up to help her here. when her fucking dress is open and she runs off. It's like, Don't yeah, jump ahead Darren, to a part where she sneezes so hard and unzips her dress, which I think is the funniest thing I've ever seen in television Darren's history. a bitch. Can we just... Yeah, can Darren we is a bitch. Darren's just a bitch. Like, I don't like Darren. Agreed. He don't deserve her. He doesn't no. deserve her, no. What was like? I was trying to look at their dinner. Like they were talking about like the soup. The soup looked like they were drinking water soup. It wasn't anything it like looked, that. No, it this was literally like, the Grandpa like Joe cabbage water. Pea. It is green yeah. and it's, it's pea look soup. Like it's very hot. It's pea soup. Split pea, pea soup's soup. usually thicker than that, though. It's yeah, like, it looks pretty, pretty thick on my Did from it? my perspective. I didn't think it was uh, water. <laughs> <laughs> thick enough for me. <laughs> Not that pea water. <laughs> I know. Apparently, it's delicious because Samantha loved it and wants yeah. the recipe. Well, she's just being I nice. She she's trying. She's trying nice. really hard to be nice, because uh, also it's this weird thing where everyone's just boasting about Sheila. Like every, all the guests are like, like in front of her, like she's like this prize. Like look at Sheila, never a hair out of place. All these things and just talking her up, like right as she, she has her own there. plane. Yeah, I will say the joke though, where he's like, she has her own plane. Do you fly? And Samantha's like, oh yes, it's such a great, <laughs> yes, understated <laughs> joke. And it's just getting to that point where the whole thing is. Samantha's not going to use her witchcraft, right? This is the promise. She's not going to use it. She's not going to use it. But she's getting to this point where she's being belittled so much and she's put in all these uncomfortable situations, being there, sitting complete opposite side of the table as her husband, having her, Sheila, kind of openly flirting with her husband in front of her, like all these little digs. And it just kind of gets to that point where it's, it's just becoming too much for her. And it, She's not doing anything terrible, even though she has the power to do no, a she, lot more. She is, though. <laughs> Can you imagine if she insulted her and then she just wiggles her nose and this chick's head blows up? <laughs> <laughs> like, like the end of scanners. Yeah. That would have been great. 
What's but fucked she's, up? She's just messing up her hair. <laughs> well, I mean, all it's starting though. Yeah. At first, it's like she's just she having be a it lot so... more mean than she is. Yeah, like it, it's <clears throat> she's looking at her and she's getting like a little bit of like spinach on her tooth and stuff like that. It's the, you know, it's all these little things. It's nothing that evil. It's just these. Little, like, Sheila's not perfect. It's just little things to make her not look perfect. Yeah, but what's what's fucked up is, like, the way that Sheila was egging her on was like, oh, hey, Darren, do you remember that time that we went to Paris, I believe, was one of them? Or she'd always, like, bring it back to, like, their dates. So, like, I'm surprised she didn't, like, make a frog. Of- I was waiting for, like, a frog to appear in the soup. Well, I think that's why it got to that point, though, where... I mean, she didn't do anything that bad, but that's when all this witchcraft starts coming in because she was just so tired of being like, you know, talked down to and all these little things where it started innocent, right? At one point, she moves Sheila's soup, so so her elbow goes in the soup. It's like, and then, you know, as it continues on, it becomes, her hair starts like the, they, oh, I thought that was a nice effect. They had like the thing, uh, like just like a strand of hair that just kept falling down on her face. It's definitely like somebody off screen too with like a um, fishing rod. You know what I mean? It's somebody just kind of like yanking it. And like, I think like uh, she she's sneezing and now it's like the soup goes flying when she's yeah. sneezing. The guy on the yeah. other side of the table who reacts to the sneeze fucking killed me. He's like, okay. Well, I've never. The more obvious one is there's a point where like the maid walks up with an empty platter for no reason. <laughs> And then all of a sudden she wiggles her nose and all of a sudden there's just a giant fucking steak on it that just falls on her. It's like, that's the one time I think people would have been like, wait a minute. And then even where'd the steak come from? Even the maid or waitress is like, I thought it was empty. Like, what are you doing walking over here with an empty tray though? You would think Darren at that point would be like, you know, give her the eyes or like mug her with his face. Like. Well, he doesn't yeah, realize I mean, what's going on until Samantha literally, uh, witch kicks him in the ass, which is also really funny. Right? Like, also, he couldn't Sam- put the two and two together? Samantha probably got that poor servant fired. That's true. That's true, but too, yeah. It does get, it, it becomes more increasing because it, it does start, like, we go from a little spinach on the tooth and a hair falling to basically the door flying open and she's stuck in a hurricane in her own hallway and her dress is about to fly off and her... We, you know, like they were boasting about how perfect her hair is. It turns out it's a wig. So now her wig flies off and she ends up running up the stairs in embarrassment. So, I mean, I feel like nothing too extreme, but it was becoming more and more to the point where Darren should realize at this point, this isn't normal. You know, like this is also mad at Darren, too, though, because like Joe, just the witch kick to him. But she also got him stuck in that hurricane, too. He shouldn't have been she, going no, over to her yes. with a dress coming totally down. Agree, That's what you get. I agree. At a whole table, yeah, the, at a whole table of people, why did Darren have to be the one to chase her and console her when things were going wrong? You know, Agreed. I thought yep. that was super strange. And you know why? It's because he's a bitch. Yep. He, he sucks. <laughs> he sucks. He deserved the kick, and he deserved the hurricane. And I wish that I, that was the Adams family stairway that just opened up and blasted and them. ate him. <laughs> Ferg, how do you feel about Nick talking bad about your man like this over and over again? I feel like I have to defend him. I think he's just nice to everybody. Right? It's not that he's like, oh, I'm going to go help my old lover. He's like, oh, this poor soul who I'm nice to. I will say this, though. I think everybody in here has been in long-term relationships. If that, If you were in a similar situation... 
and you did that to one of your exes, do you think it wouldn't come back around at you that you Especially would be in trouble the, for that? Especially if the ex was just like outwardly shitting on your current for the entire party. Yeah, no, that that oh, whole and night you weren't standing up for yeah. your significant other the whole time either. Well, oh, and you're a piece of shit because you showed up at a potluck with no fucking food. <laughs> Wait, but also, you're never going to be in a situation modern day where you bring, like, would you ever bring your wife to one of your ex's houses for dinner? No. 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 no yeah, so no. it's like you wouldn't even be in this situation. No, sure. It's, it's, like, it it's, a, it's a wild situation. Yeah. I have an she interesting perspective on this one, but. Mr. She should have been like Mr. Tate's, like, daughter <laughs> or something. <laughs> Like, there, there should have been a reason why he doesn't want to disappoint her. Like, she's his boss, Mr. Tate's uh, daughter, or something like that. Right, he, I mean... If he upsets her, he could lose his job and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, we know Sheila they is work for together. Stephanie. She is Stephanie McMahon, and that has been the problem this whole time. <laughs> they, they all work together, so maybe there's that. Like, hey, you know, we used to be a thing, now I'm married. Like, I hope everything's cool. And she's like, oh, darling, I'm having everyone over. Like, I, I want her to feel like she's part of the crew, like... He realizes that, I guess, in essence, there's going to have to be moments now where they're going to intermingle yeah. a bit because they do work together. So maybe that was his, all right, well, you know, we'll just kind of tackle this early. And if they get along, then everything's cool. Also, but, why does he never say anything to her about how she told him that it was like a, a sit, sit on the floor thing casual? Yeah. And then it's like yeah. a fancy dress thing. Like, this is all from her. She clearly did that on purpose. He doesn't go, what the hell? He yeah. could have made just a little under his breath comment to Sheila at some point, like whatever happened to sitting on the floor, like just something like that, just to <laughs> acknowledge it. Because he, he just like, well, I'm in my suit. Because <laughs> he doesn't stand up for his wife. I thought, um, I kind of like though that we see Samantha go from very kind of shy and uncomfortable in the situation to after she gets this leg up on Sheila, even with Darren who. Like I said, earlier in the episode, she's begging him, like, please let me be your housewife. Like, I won't do my witchcraft. To in this moment where she clearly kind of defied that, used it anyways. And when he sits down at the table after all this commotion happens, he looks at her. And she has a very confident look about her, which I kind of liked. Where she's almost like, well, you're in it now. <laughs> fuck know? with you, thank yeah, you. Yeah, because... No prenup, bitch. <laughs> I think we're not there yet, too, but at the end of the episode, too, and like it ends on a, a one-liner from Samantha where you're like, okay, she is fully confident in who she is now, and she's, like, you know, stepped out from under whatever she was at the beginning of it. Well, when she's like, oh, and this soup is wonderful. I'll have to get the recipe. Yeah, because she's the only one that, like, everybody else is aghast with the uh, situation that transpired. Yeah, she's, she's the only the one. Soup. <laughs> yeah, and she's the only one that's... Bloop. <laughs> bloop in your soup and then, and then um like the final scene from there is you know we get back to the house and they walk in and the kitchen's a mess and darren does want to go this is upstairs a hernie together a hernie yeah like a hernie toad it's hernie darren <laughs> so hernie yeah darren. he's, he's kind of like anxiously <laughs> looking forward to heading upstairs and having a moment with his wife after this party She's like, well, I can't, like, I need to clean the kitchen, like, do my... I, I love how his argument is, nah, nah, don't worry about it, let's just go back up. He's like, no, you're right, you probably should clean the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know, I do want to have sex with you right now, but your fucking job is to clean this kitchen. Isn't it crazy, though, but that shit. is, like, that is the mindset that's of, just like, how it was, an American yeah. couple true, in the 60s, yeah. like... 
What's and he's funny, telling himself, like, hold on, hold on, like, I can't uh, give her these put, goods put before this, she does her duties. I do have yeah, to. She, my, my libido is calling. You're right. My dick can <laughs> wait. She's going to have to earn it. <laughs> if not, I ought to. But the level of dirty the kitchen was, like, every single plate they own for some reason is everything out and on the that's counter. That's all they would, because yeah. they were just fucking and eating. <laughs> they were eating that. Jerk. I, I what were you watching? Like... <laughs> what do you mean? I wasn't watching a, maybe I watched the wrong Bewitch, yeah. but they were, they were just having sex, eating, then being like, oh, I don't want to clean the dishes. Let's go have more sex. Dishes are dirty. Dishes are left up. On on to to be dirty. How long they were they dirty there, dishes? Though. They were just a bunch of dishes <laughs> wait, on the wait, counter. Wait, that <laughs> Jay, timestamp that one because that might be another one you could text. This might, th- th- yeah, this might, this might be a time where I'm gonna have to write the entire quote of what Gordo just said. <laughs> what? You guys know I'm right. Gordo, I don't. I can't verify that you're right because I don't even know what you said. You're gonna look it back, and you're you're gonna look back on that. I hope you do. I hope you put it text to speech because you're gonna be like, "Oh damn, Gordo, you make so much sense." Gordo talks in tongues and then like looks at us going, <laughs> "Right?" <laughs> what do you mean I talk in tongues? So you said that they were having sex while eating or something like that. So they're having sex and eating because they <laughs> yes. Because what at the dinner table, doing. like while while eating. If they no, can eat no. if they could have sex and eat, they could have sex and clean. She's just doing the dishes. <laughs> no, no, that's not how it works. You know, like I'd rather have that make than me eating. a sandwich. Like, come on, it's that time. I mean, if they could do the stand up, she could <laughs> she could do the dishes. It's not that's not the, the time of the that that's not what used to happen back in the day. No, that is Very bullshit. Vanilla. Oh, like, like yeah, the blowjob was invented in 1982. Come on, man. It's not, he's not just going up there and being like, Missionary Monday, baby, let's go. <laughs> She's a witch, and he is horny. They're doing whatever he wants. Lucy Tuesday. They're, yeah. they're banging on the ceiling. <laughs> well, you yeah, see, their sex is going to look like the first girl who gets killed in Nightmare on Elm Street, who just gets <laughs> dragged up around the, the room and across the ceiling. No, because he doesn't want her to do witchcraft, which is, again, stupid because you could just, like, be floating, like, in space and, like, bloop. And pooping? I'm just, there's a, I don't know how to reply to half the things <laughs> yeah, you say. Yeah. Like, um, but It is impressive, right, though, that we've all known each other for this long, Gordo, and you could still make four of us just go, like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> like, I don't have a it's retort. A <laughs> it's a gift. It really is. But again, the way the scene pans out is they go back home. It's the dirty kitchen. And he wants to go upstairs. And she's insisting, like, I have to clean first. And as we said, they eventually get into this conversation of, okay, sure, you have to clean. I'll be upstairs waiting for you. He goes upstairs and we kind of have that moment where she's alone. And she could be cleaning the conventional way, but instead does it the way that anybody should do if they have said powers. And, you know. A little twitch of the nose and everything is in, you know, perfect order in the kitchen. And this and is... He, he walks back in. He's like, I told you no magic. What <laughs> Get, out Get out of the house. We're done. <laughs> he and then I get to see him, like, having that conversation with his friend at the bar again. And his friend's like, wait a minute. Why did you kick her out? <laughs> what am I speaking? Made the dishes foreign? disappear. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's um, anybody. On, and I think that's the thing. Right, that should have been the argument from day one is, hey, listen, like, just don't use it out of the house. And if that was the agreement, then, like, 
I guess that would have been a little bit better. Like, don't do anything that affects anybody else, but, like, anything within the house or that's harmless is fine. Like, why would that's that be, from from his perspective, why is it so bad if instead of her, like, slaving away in the kitchen for the next two hours to clean everything, she just cleans it up and goes upstairs? It benefits you both. But she's like, man, this mattress is all lumpy and I can't get a good night's sleep. It's like, well, why don't we just go to the match? I can make it right now. I was like, nope, nope. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to save my money. I'm going to sleep with this lumpy mattress. And six months from now, we'll get a new one. Like, no, you would not fucking do that. Right. I think there's like a limit, right? Because there can't be a point where all of a sudden, like, people come over. It's like, it's like, where'd you get a gold bathtub from? Right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Solid gold yeah. rocket limit, car. That's but, new. There's a limit. But yeah, like this harmless stuff. And there was... To go way, way back to the beginning, there was a mention that she says she can only do, like, small things. And I don't know if that's her underselling the power that well, she no, has. Well, no, even her mother said she's a young witch. Like, I don't think she's, like, yeah. totally honed her skills yet. So there, yeah, yeah, so we don't even know what her full capabilities are. But, she tries I mean, to send the mother away at some point with magic, and it doesn't work. Doesn't work. That is yeah. true. Yeah. I, I did oh, fail to mention that. There was a point where she tried doing that. But I just kind of took that as the mother's more powerful regardless. Like, even if... Um, Samantha was more, you know, at, at a certain strength. level. But even if these are her only skills, it's like, well, the house is always clean in less than a second, and I always have a whiskey in my hand. Like he should have uh, yeah, nothing and, to complain right. about. And apparently, she can like make a perfectly st- uh, cooked steak appear out of nowhere. So, right? You know, yeah, and a hurricane. Well, I wouldn't want hurricanes. Yeah, in the house <laughs> it's not one of those things. Like, but <laughs> my wife does really well. It's you great. know, I mean, it's so breezy in my house all the time. Hey, on a hot day, that must be nice. Imagine you have like a neighbor you don't like, and you could just send like a hurricane and like rip up his lawn, his like lawn ornaments. But I'm saying there is a difference between harmless witchcraft and doing things like that, which hurt people. Well, you know, witches bewitching can be <laughs> can use dark dark magic. She doesn't seem like the dark magic type, though. She's mischievous. You don't know that. We kind oh, of I'm just as our job is <laughs> to read a show from a whole episode. What I read from this episode is she is not evil. She is mischievous. Her most evil thing was having the girl's wig fly off, which is like after. Oh, no, it's the kick to the butt to Darren. But it wasn't like unzipping her dress at the party <laughs> might be worse. Though. That was like a physical assault. Yeah, but we didn't like her dress didn't like fly off. I kind of thought they were going to do that thing. Where that they... could have went the other way around, though. That could have turned Darren on more. Darren was like. Oh, I forgot about those. Yeah. Master. I, I, I thought that's what was going to happen. I thought the dress was going to fly off and she was going to have to do like the, the two arm cover and stuff the like tur- that. Not in 1964. Yeah. Um, yeah, but she would have no. had like long undergarments on. You know what I mean? She would have almost had yeah. like that silky under thing, like the, like the slip dress type thing. It would have been like something like that. Yeah, she would have had like a 60s bathing suit that like covers from like up hair all the way yeah, down. Yeah, it wouldn't have been yeah, showy. Like I'm not saying I'm just not saying she would have been exposed. Really went all yeah, she wouldn't have been exposed. She just would have had a layer less on, which would have made her uncomfortable at the moment. But yeah, anyways, the, the, the that's kind of where that final scene lands us is just her using her witchcraft to clean up the kitchen. And then she finds her way upstairs after that. And it was the, she was like, what was her last line? It was something. Maybe I along, can taper off. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, it's the acknowledgement of, you know what? I'll do my best, but, you well, know. It wasn't built in a day. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's like, you know, I told them I'll stop, and I, I will eventually, I think. <laughs> but I We know was, she like, doesn't. Well, we know for at least the next nine years or so she doesn't. <laughs> but, but, yeah, that's the conclusion of the episode. Um, I don't really have a lot of 
personal things I wanted to bring up about the show. I mean, we talked about uh, her relationship with the one of the executive producers was one of her ex-husbands. I think it was her third husband by this point. I did go into like a little bit of a deep dive on Elizabeth Montgomery herself. Um, yeah, same. This was her third husband, and it, she ended up being her husband until she died. Nope. She got married yeah. again. The one that... Uh, you might be right, actually. But either way, whatever husband was around when she died is actually still alive. Yeah, so she married... There are some people involved in this show, yeah, who are super old. The producer of this show, the creator of this show, rather, died at the age of 100. She's like, god damn. And, um, yeah, she just was one of those people where, I guess, the theory was she kind of, like, always liked older guys, and she was kind of always marrying the troubled types and was always, like, searching for love. And she was, um... She got sick, um somewhat young not like young young but in the large scope of life i think yeah she died at 62 i think yeah so um i feel like that she did other roles and from what i heard the show kind of got to that point where once it got into the later seasons especially once um you know dick Sargent came in she she actually had a much better relationship with dick Sargent than dick york um at that point she was like getting over being samantha and she kind of wanted to do other things and the show was just kind of running its course to the point where there's like, they were basically reusing scripts and it would be the same scenarios happening again, but they would just kind of reword certain things. And I guess nine years into a show about witchcraft, there's only so much you can do. If you think of the time too, Batman, the sixties Batman show was so popular, right? And Adam West to his dying day was like, look, I respect what Batman did for me. The people love it. But like he hated the like next 20 years of his life because it was so hard to get any work because everyone just saw him as Batman. Right, and I would say if you look at Elizabeth Montgomery's career after that, she did other things, but, I mean, it's tough to shake such a large, iconic role after yeah, you play. Yeah, there, there are decade. degrees of typecasting yeah. that I don't think people Like Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Yeah, right, yep. yeah. Yep, exactly. And that's the thing, though, but when you look at Elizabeth Montgomery, she's a beautiful, charming yes. woman who, like, seemingly you think would... Had this role obviously put her in this point where, look, it's 2023 at the time of this recording and we're still talking about her and this was an iconic show. And like, so she got all the success and notoriety from it and stardom that you would, you'd wish to get. But also if she hadn't landed this one, but got the right movie, she could have been one of those big Hollywood starlets that had, you know, movie after movie that she starred in too, you know, yeah. it's just kind of which one she fell into. Yeah. And I guess... You always kind of want the one you didn't get. It's also it's strange to think about Hollywood in this time too. Is is a com- probably like a completely different animal than it is today, like yeah. to to the point where we don't understand how it worked back then. So yeah, it's a long you know, time put ago. put her at, in the same career trajectory today. Does it go differently? Maybe. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, the, just that run would have been different. Like I feel like if it happened, if, if you move her to a point where she's like. Starting that show like around now at the same age that she was when she started then, you know, the show would have had its run. She would have got popular, but there would have been all these other opportunities for her. And they and now like the crossover between film and TV are different. And she could have been doing movies alongside in the off season and not felt like so stale in that role. And that, you know, maybe it wouldn't have even lasted nine seasons because she probably would have found her way out sooner. I mean, modern, um, modern day, too. She's not getting that role at 31. Was that how old she was when it started? True. Yeah, yeah, just said it earlier. Yeah. So I don't know about that. I imagine now too, though. Like, if you have an act, an actor like her, right? You can have like there's such a huge market now for um, 
like appearances too where like you get yourself out there you can do smaller movies and smaller things that you, you want to do as an actor right if you're kind of typecast like that and you can like reach out and do things even if they're not huge budget and still make a ton of money going to sign autographs at some comic-con for a weekend you know what i mean like i think yeah, there's a different yeah. path now for those kind of people who like there that just didn't exist until you know monetarily very recently i mean we've been to comic cons we first the first one i ever went to with most of you guys was like literally it was just comic book writers and a bunch of nerds in rooms who were buying like bootleg vhs tapes and now it's like <laughs> you know this multi hundred dollar tickets and all these people with these photo ops it's it's I feel bad that some people couldn't get that second sort of windfall. It's crazy because it's like, it's great because there's people that from this generation who still exist, who go to these things and like, um, like Jerry Mathers from leave it to beaver was like at like the last comic con in our area. And it was like these guys who like, I guess in the scope of things had these big shows, but the money wasn't the same then as it is now. And, um, can kind of make these opportunities for themselves. But also you go to these things and there are people who are like, you're legit rich. Why are you here taking twenty dollar photos? I was wondering the same thing. Like you see people like the David Kechners of the world. It's like you've got so much residual money from like some seriously crazy blockbuster comedies. What What are you doing here? And I love the people. I, I love Kech, I love Kechner, and I hope that he's making a ton of money. But I think more of like Shatner. Like Shatner, you're ninety something. Yeah. You should have all the money in the world, and you shouldn't be spending a weekend doing this because you should be enjoying however many weekends you have left, if that makes sense. You know? Yeah, but don't underestimate just how much money William Shatner makes at these things over even, like, Oh, I know, but there's celebrity. a point right, where, does like... does he need like... it now? Like, it's like the thing we always say with the presidents. Why, yeah. would he, why would you have the stress of being president at 80? Like, that's insane. You, can yeah, just I think, you know what I think it money. might be? I think it might be a mindset that we can't comprehend. That yeah. get these people to where they were... They don't get there by being, you know, these lazy, I don't want to do anything people. Like, and they just got to keep that grind going to feel alive, I guess. Well, what about, like, to, to connect with people? Maybe that's, like, what keeps some of these older people young. I would give you, you know? that, Gordo, but you hear a lot of these stories of some of these people just being, like, dead-eyed and looking down and not looking up. Yeah, why am I here? So yeah, here's the like thing, right? And, and not to get into too much of it, because, like, we're at the end of the episode anyways, but... You know, like last year, uh, me and Ferg had the opportunity to meet William Daniels, who played Mr. Feeney and, you know, from Knight Rider and all these legendary roles. But he's like deep into his 90s and he's very old and you can tell he's physically just exhausted at these things. And he was pleasant. He wasn't mean or anything like that, but he's there with his wife and they're both they've had they've both together had long, like storied careers and definitely are financially okay. And is it worth it to be this old to go to this many to events? travel that much? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, get like it. it's yeah. exhausting. It's like you know, just it. you know, and you know, maybe once in a while do them, but at the rate that they're doing them, you'd be like, oh, just take a step yeah, and just kind of out. enjoy, you know, enjoy, you know, the fruits of all your labor. I will say though, if they're doing it like that, like the Rolling Stones when they tour now, this is like the most genius thing ever, right? They're like, hey, we fly out, we play two shows, or whatever, but we stay in whatever city we're in for like a week, and you give us the best hotels in the world. And we bring our whole families, right? So it's like, yeah, we have to do a couple of shows, but like, you're kind of on a year long vacation with yeah, all true. of your loved ones at that right. point too, and making a ton of money. So I can see too if you're like a Mister Feeny or one of those people too, especially if you can like take your spouse with you, be like, look, we'll fly out to San Diego, we'll do this thing for one day, but then we're, we're flying first class both ways, staying in a five star hotel. We'll get dinner. We'll go to the beach. We'll have a couple days, and we'll fly home. You're like, ah, that's kind of worth it as a trade off because it's a it's an excuse to go there, maybe. Yeah, that's true. But um, listen, 
We've talked about all this at great length, and we're uh, not even remotely talking about Bewitched anymore. Uh, actually, I have something to, to add. We didn't touch on the fact that there is a statue of Samantha near our that. home in Salem, yes, Massachusetts. That is a good oh, point. I forgot that's a good about point. that, yeah. You know, we, and um, that's one of those TV land statues, because we talked about that before. Because yes. I feel like... I saw it recently. I feel like there needs to be a Sam Malone one. We covered Cheers a while yes. back, and I said that like, yes. how is there not one in front of the Cheers? Like, they're like that makes so much sense to me. It's not um, fun anymore. Because there's the there's that one where I feel like we need a maybe we have a little time before this episode comes out if we're gonna peel it back. Maybe we can get a couple of us in Salem and get a little picture in front of it to post on the Instagram. If you're gonna do it, I would do it within the next nine days. I was gonna say going oh, to you're right. in October. Yes, for those of you who don't live in Massachusetts, it's not uh, bad in the daytime. It's yeah, bad also throughout true. the month, though. It's it's just a madhouse. Uh, Salem in October is insufferable, but and I it's love going bad. to Salem, but yeah. But when are we gonna go in the middle of the day in the week? You know what I mean? Why does like, it have to be in the week? Because the weekends are gonna be mad. Weekends are gonna be rough, rough in yeah. October. I will say this too. I had again. I hadn't been there in a very long time. We went to go do all the touristy witch stuff in the spring because one of my wife's friends had never done it with her husband, and they flew in. And it was just a Saturday in like May, and it was wild. It was like hard to find parking. Uh, Tickets were sold out for like hours in advance. We ended up going to a showing at like seven p.m. Like the last one. Yeah, it's it's crazy there all the time. It's like come October, it's like near impossible. Also, they're very packed in May because that's when it starts getting nice out. Nice out again. Yeah. Go yeah. Out. It was a really cold, rainy day that day, too. I will say this, though. As uh, as people who grew up here, right? Any of the listeners here, obviously, as a school field trip, they took us to that area all the time. Talk about the Salem Witch Trials. You see all the animation and animatronics and everything. Uh, doing that again at 37 and being like, yeah. they've literally changed absolutely nothing of this is Judge. kind of wild. It's pretty <laughs> you nuts. go to the House of Seven Gables. Also, where does this show, where is it supposed to be taking place, though? Because it didn't take place in Salem, Mass. I get why they put the statue no, there. This is in, this conflicting. It's in Connecticut and or New York. It, they say it differently in different episodes. Okay. okay. I was going to say, because most of those TV land statues, they try to put them in the right area. This one was just like, ah, oh, she's a witch, Salem. So, like, it's cool that it's there, but it's also. But, like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah. yeah but if West, what I gather, Westport, I think it makes the Connecticut, most sense. or Peterson, New York. Those are the yeah. two places named. And I think Westport, Connecticut is one of those, like, commuter towns if you live in New York, if you work in New York City downtown. Right. Like, but you want to have a house, you, like, take the 40 minute train ride yeah. into the city. But, anyways, let's, let's start ah, wrapping it well up. Hold on. It's a well known. TV sitcom and filmed its seventh it because they filmed their seventh season in Salem. That's why they did it. TV Land put put it there. You know why they did it is because she's a witch and Salem is all. That's about why witches. they did it. Yeah, nothing to no, do but with like... when you said that they try and make the connection, but they said when you try and make the connection, that's from the official. Like we should have got a Sabrina statue there, even though that's technically not Salem either. But it was in Massachusetts, and it's like um, Salem adjacent. On the set, Dick York only smoked Salem cigarettes. <laughs> they thought that would be the place <laughs> to bring the statue. All right, touche. So, anyways, let's wrap this up. Um, green light or cancel? I'm gonna go along the order I see you guys. Go order your first. Uh, green light. There's no way to cancel this. Uh, it it. Didn't have a lot of laugh out loud moments, but I think that the concept, especially 
for the time. And again, like I, I, I kind of am struggling here. And like, I think that all of us do with various things. Like, do we think of ourselves back in that time? Or do we think of ourselves now watching it for the first time? Either way, the concept is different and it's new and you kind of want to see where it's going. The humor from back then to now, I would say kind of doesn't translate as well. Uh, or I wasn't like howling laughing, but the concept of the show is enough to keep me going. So it's a green light for me. Ferg. Yeah, uh, same green light. I really like the special effects for the time. It's like a completely different age. I also like during this time, we kind of touched upon it. It was like sitcoms and stuff were all so serious. And then this sh supernatural show comes out and it's just it's just so different from anything there. And then later, I dream of Genie, the monsters, everything else kind of comes from this. I thought all the acting was well. And Dick York is just so damn handsome. So green light. But canceled Dick Sargent. Joe. Dick York. Dick Sargent. Sergeant York. <laughs> Wayne's World. Uh, like, it's a green light. It's a classic for a reason. I'm with you, Ferg. I love the practical effects. Uh, you know, like Gordo said, look, are you laughing out loud a bunch? Probably not. But I smiled and laughed enough times. Uh, the, oh, yes, I do fly. Like, line. I literally got a chuckle out of me. Look, this, this is very funny. And one of the things we always do is like would you watch another episode and i really think the maybe i can taper off dun, 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 is like the perfect way to lead you into like don't you want to see another episode of this don't you want to see the wacky adventures we're gonna get into can she will she uh it's a classic uh, it'd be interesting to go back to i don't think it's available to watch in black and white we all watched the colorized version but i'd like to watch it in black and white as well as it was intended to see if that changes anything but yeah for sure green light Nick. So before I get into my green light or cancel, I just thought about like a like a personal metric I like to use. I was talking to Jay about this yesterday, actually, when we were out. Uh, just kind of like the laughs per minute on a show or the LPM, I think I might call it. I specifically think about trademark. home improvement. Yeah, trademark. Uh, I specifically think about home improvement because uh, it's a show I've been watching a lot lately in bed. Super high laughs per minute. It's it's up there in uh as far as sitcoms go, probably one of the top ones as far as laughs per minute. This show is hovering around zero for me. Uh, I did not, I did not really laugh much at all during this show. I'm trying to ignore the nostalgia because I did enjoy this show when I was younger uh, a lot, and um, I know it's a good show. I mean, it went. Jesus, what two hundred and fifty episodes almost? So, so it's it's a juggernaut as far as sitcoms go. But I'm canceling it on the pilot. I didn't like the pilot. I agree with Ferg. The concept is interesting, um, but I don't think they executed it well enough to keep me wanting to come back for more. Unfortunately, um, and it sucks because I I really wanted to greenlight this show. It's, it's such an iconic show, but this pilot did not do it for me. So uh, I got to sit with the cancel on it. Yeah. So for me, um, watching this again, you know, we talk about it. It's it, it was really tough to separate myself from nostalgia watching. Uh, but I think just watching this episode now, I enjoyed it. I, I I think yeah. Could there have been a little bit more humor at times? I guess I think. I think there's a little room for 
Darren's role to be a little bit more maybe goofy and maybe kind of get into like kind of some physical comedy. And I think that's kind of the casting of Sergeant York prevented that because he physically couldn't do much like as far as like falling down and tripping up and stuff like that. Um, and I feel like that role was kind of intended for that kind of a character. As far as it went, I thought it was it was a fun watch. I think, again, this is a thousand percent on the shoulders of Elizabeth Montgomery, who I just think is just such a perfect casting for this role and was so charming uh, that you couldn't help but be polarized watching her. So for me, it's a green light. I, I definitely enjoyed it. I, uh, like Joe mentioned, I would have liked to have watched it in its uh, intended form because that's what we kind of try to do our best to, you know, how is this presented to the world? But um, it's just not really as findable in the black and white. It's just kind of everywhere in the colorized versions now, which I understand why. But to my recollection, like growing up watching it on like Nick at Night and stuff, they didn't use that version. It was always like the black and whites. Yeah, it's strange that now. that's not findable because that's yeah. what was always out. And I'm sure if you really dig, you can find it. Or, and I'm sure there's maybe old DVD sets that have it that way. But um, we watched it the way we found it. And that's how you can find it, too, on... Um, I'm trying to remember what platforms, just to inform you guys where you can watch it. I believe Amazon Prime was one of them. Uh, you know, let me double check real quick now. It says um, Hulu. So uh, Hulu and Amazon uh, both have them available. So um, go check that out if I'm if I'm correct, at least, in the Roku channel. Uh, when I looked up, by the way, too, recently, it said that they were all colorized in, like, the old episodes are colorized in, like, 2010, where I was like, who asked for that in 2010? Ted, Ted Turner? <laughs> yeah, Ted Turner was like, I'm going to do one more. But, uh, yeah, but so, uh, to, anyways, to wrap it up, uh, four out of five for Bewitched. So, congratulations, guys. You guys live on to episode two. Um, thank you for everybody who's been listening. Continue on listening throughout the month for our Halloween spooky, dookie, spectacular hello month um that we don't name but yeah um we at got this three point more shows. it is the spooky dookie spectacular that's yeah, what we've been it, calling it, it for two is. years but um yeah we have uh three more shows in line for you guys so check that out throughout the month and we'll have all kind of supernatural type shows lined up throughout the month for you but uh keep listening again go to s1e1pod.com that's where you can find all the links to where to listen to us all our social medias s1e1pod on instagram and x I hate saying X so much, but uh, hit us up there and you can uh, let us know shows you want to hear, suggestions, how you came to find us. We like interacting with all you guys. We, we truly do. It's not just a speech. So hit us up. Uh, it's nice to meet all of you guys. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's all we have for this week. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you again next week with another new episode. Until then, thank you. Goodbye. Thank you, God, for that. Samantha. <laughs> <laughs>